Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is John Trooper. This is Kate Prusser. This is Julio Rodriguez. Produced by Evan James Audio. This is Look Out Landing Podcast. John with the cold and ASMR. Yeah, I'm sorry. I wanted to move the crackers. So they weren't they weren't <laughs> heavily featured on the podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Lookout Landing Podcast. My name is John Troopin, and I am thrilled to say welcome to spring training. Spring has sprung. Can't you feel it in that crisp? Uh, Ford, low 40s, high 30s air, uh, supposed to get down. We're supposed to get snow here. It's midwinter break in Seattle Public Schools land. Um, there's nothing more spring-like than everything that is happening here. But more importantly, the, the best, one of the best moments of spring is pitchers and catchers. They've reported. Everyone else, they're also down there. We're getting batting practice clips. We're getting new pitch stories. We're getting best shapes of their lives. We're seeing polygons and dodecahedrons, all the good ones. And here to discuss each and every uh, angle and uh, new possibility, new sort of fresh hope that we have. I've got Kate Prusser, managing editor of Lookout Land. And Kate, playing playing through the plague, as it yes, were. Yes, yes. I have the Rona. 
I have the Rona. This is my second time with it. And it's just a reminder, like, I've gotten sloppy about masking lately. I really, it's been bad. And I am now, I think, paying the price for that. So, do you need to wear your mask, people? This is not over yet. I've I've got about a, like, half dozen folks that I know at this point who in, like, the past two weeks have gotten it. And many of them were folks who hadn't had it yet the entire, you know, the entire last three years or so. Um, so it's, uh, I don't, I don't know specifically, you know, maybe that is, maybe that's just anecdotal in my, in my neck of the woods, but, um, yeah, definitely, definitely another loop, another good reminder. Um, but Kate, we're glad you're okay enough to be on with us. albeit not, not feeling great. (laughs) Not feeling great. And right now I'm trying to figure out how the stupid space Karen, uh, how stupid Elon is going to, like, I just logged into the Lookout Landing Twitter, and um, I've been meaning to migrate off of two fa- uh, text-based two-factor authentication. It is not secure, and kind of as the account's gotten bigger, I've I've understood the need to have more security behind it. Uh, text-based as two-factor is the least secure, so, like, I have been meaning to do it, but it has been convenient to just get a code and be able to text it, like if one of you are tweeting from the account, but... Um, Oh, I've gotta 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 figure out how to fix this. So I I mean I guess it's good that um I will actually be the, the account will be more secure because of this. Um but that does mean that I have to have to go through an, a, a small amount of discomfort and uh inconvenience to get there. It's just it's for somebody who relies on Twitter so much, we get so much of our information from it. We disseminate a lot of information and frankly we make a lot of free content for the site it is incredibly frustrating just this has just been it's just been like a daily pebble in my shoe kind of situation so anyway sorry sorry if i'm a little quiet for the first part here i promise i haven't haven't uh the the rona uh cordyceps haven't gotten me i promise that is good. Well, <clears throat> bad, bad to bad time to have taken up the Last of Us, though. <laughs> show that I willingly show up to every week, and I'm like, "Did you punch me in the mouth and then the stomach this time?" Like, oh, but it's so good, so, it's so good. good. I just feel like I, like I, every time before I boot up H, the HBO app, I'm like, "Who is <laughs> <laughs> a brave girl?" Who's it gets worse, I promise. <laughs> Does it, none of it's going to get better for anyone, I, I promise. Yeah, no, my friend gave me a copy of the game, and it's, like, on the other side of my room, and every day I look at it, and I'm like, mm, not today. <laughs> <laughs> it's menacing say. me, menacing me from the corner. Evan, have you played the game? Oh, I have definitely played the game. I love the first one. Um, I love that a bunch of the things they do in the first couple episodes are, like, they're not specifically from the games, but they're like a little wink and a nod to things that happened in the game, like how the first clicker just absolutely mm-hmm. beats the out of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Ellie opening the door for Joel and being like, what would you do without me? Like there are these little little uh-huh. hints to the games that I love. So I adore mm-hmm. all that. I like the second one a lot too, because as a Seattleite, 
it's an open world video game in Seattle. And so yeah, you can, yeah. if you're from Seattle, you can navigate in the game by memory and like play, play in Seattle. I think that's super cool. There's only one other game really that does that. And it's uh, infamous two is in Seattle. So uh, this yeah. is my video game, Seattle nerd lore coming at you on this podcast. So you didn't ask for it, but I, I brought it, I brought it here. So um, I think, cause I was thinking of, um, the i was thinking of infamous too and i remember um what is it the like vampire the masquerade i think also is oh yeah that is technically true (laughs) (laughs) although not not necessarily sort of a different vibe but more uh, like a 1990s way but yes yeah um anyway i know i i thoroughly have that same sentiment and like it's always so fun to like be set in your your actual your actual city um so i beyond beyond the many other components i really enjoy that um well i'm i'm glad evan that you are you are plague free and uh I'm so the best far in my life even if excellent. the rest of the pod is is not a, we'll get there we'll get there um so what I'm looking forward to chatting with y'all about this fine morning. Um, we've got a few things. We got unfortunate Taylor Trammell news and what that means, you know, reasonably straightforward. It means Jared Kelnick is gonna it's gonna gonna be there. Sorry, you know, maybe Cade Marlowe, maybe something happens to Jared Kelnick, but realistically, um, you know, Tade, Taylor Trammell breaking his handmate uh is is a huge bummer, but uh handmate. you know. Handmade. Uh, uh, not, yes. Not Hamate. No. I've been it it wrong. You have been saying Hamate. Um, I, I didn't. Hamate. I didn't want to put you on blast, so I was just. I was getting out there early on it. No, no, no. <laughs> I like Namaste. Hamate. Hamate. That that ham mi- can eat. Never mind being corrected on my pronunciation, because to me it just means like, <laughs> oh, you read a lot and don't talk to people, and like That's... honestly, yeah. <laughs> Very fair. Can't get mad about Some that. Some of us are terminally online. It's how we. It's how we live. Can't, can't get true. mad about the truth. Uh, I have fair. changed the two factor. So thank you. Factors. Our security. Yeah. Uh, the, you, your yes. window. Your window to during this live recording uh, has been closed. Um, yes. That is as long as it took, though. It took, and I mean, and I'm a dum dum. So anybody, <laughs> anybody who has to do it, be not afraid. It, really not that hard um the uh should i click on why roll doll is trending i shouldn't right i have no. safely I... signed roll doll to the part of my okay. brain where other beloved childhood uh texts live <laughs> yeah really I... it really went full john bart's like uh death of the author on uh on that and a particular other text that we will not um name. speaking of which uh, as an aside, has anyone here yet seen? I actually don't know if it's out, but uh, Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. Uh, are you familiar no. with? Well, I know of it, but how, I have not seen it. I'm trying to think about how you got, how you got <laughs> his beloved children's children's texts nope. that have been. A... Go ahead, take my brain, Cordyceps. Take it. <laughs> I would. Mushrooms. I I I can't I can't recommend the experience. I I've not actually seen it. I don't know. I don't even know if it's fully out. But uh... I don't think it is because I think if it was, don't we have cocaine bear to get through first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh god. 
We don't want both of those things. We can't. A genuinely have two. fascinating story, but the movie looks so bad. I don't understand what happened. And I love Elizabeth Banks. What's going on? Sorry, that was an aside. Um, I think they're making it. They're they're actually reverse making a video game out of uh the. Ooh, ooh, yeah, so, okay. Out of Cocaine Bear. Out of Cocaine Bear. That's just Far Cry Five. I have that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a maybe it's a you know an expansion pack. Uh, mm. they have that too sorry again That's we're finding right. out too much about how much i know about <laughs> um well the uh the real cocaine bear all, uh -huh. all along oh john oh john oh john i wish you could see me right now i'm just like head in hand like I, I I feel like I came over. I brought you like, some. I brought you some tea. I brought yeah. you some like nice soup and things, and then I just punched you in the stomach. All right, fine. <laughs> it's The Last of Us. We have that same relationship. That's fine. Uh, I look like one of the like NASA engineers after a launch goes badly right now. <laughs> <laughs> a position of utter defeat at my desk. <laughs> I've I've loved to send you to the surrender cobra so early in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we've got Taylor Trammell getting hurt. We've got our our sort of first clips and and images of players rolling in doing baseball activities. Um, seeing a number of players we may either haven't seen, you know, just since the end of last year or. Haven't seen in quite a while, like Evan White, someone we, we got some questions about and we, we want to talk about. Jack Larson. Um, Jack Larson was in the photo with Julio and Jonathan Class A. And I thought that was very funny because the picture went around Twitter. It was Julio. It was like Julio and friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, listen. Guest. <laughs> <laughs> listen, there's there are there. It's a short list who is not. And friends when they're next to Julio. Yeah, I'm just yeah, gonna no, no, say no, that's, that's, that's totally no shade totally on totally Jonathan fair. Class A or, or Jack Larson. Everybody looks so short in those pictures next to him, too. He's just a yeah. giant. I mean, Jonathan is not a, the tallest to begin with. And <laughs> Jack Larson was literally bent over to field the ball. So yeah, he did look like a like a little league dad kind of out supervising practice. No, but like even like from the early days, like the you know the first like the photo of him next to Nelson Cruz, and Nelson Cruz is like six one six two. He's like oh, yeah, very broad and muscular, but he's not necessarily super tall. But it's like, oh, this person makes Nelson Cruz look small. Right. Completely powers over over Vladdy, and actually like matches up okay against Randy Johnson. Obviously, Johnson is still way too. That's the only picture I have in my phone where. Julio is standing next to someone taller than him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Uh, it's pretty close between him and Jordan Alvarez, I guess, in some of those pictures. But whereas Jordan Alvarez has these weird little toothpick legs, Julio has yeah. like twice the amount of leg that Jordan yeah. Alvarez has. And I hope twice the amount of knees, if we're if we're being honest. 
Yeah, it would be it would be ideal. Um, and then we can also talk. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna touch on uh, Pakota, or at least I I will happily touch on Pakota. I know um, that the um, the sort of final major um, projection system is that released their information from Baseball Prospectus was Pakota, and it had not. Uh, it does not have the Mariners in. Uh, as strong of a position as the others, um, you know, sort of zips and steamer and sort of what, you know, the ones from Fangraphs and elsewhere tend to see the Mariners as like the sixth best, you know, sort of the last wild card team. Um, Pakota has division. Uh, yeah, second best in the division. And Pakota has them as third in the division behind the Angels <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And out outside of a playoff spot, just just above five hundred. Thinking about the Angels. Yeah, yeah. I I hate to do this. I hate to sort of pincer maneuver your nerve, your your uh, your nervous system. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, let's start. Let's start with um, a question. I I wanted to mention earlier on the Taylor Trammell thing. Uh, Brian at a player to be named later on Twitter said an injured Taylor Jamel is like the Cobra Kai kid winning, <laughs> which I thought yeah, was <laughs> pretty not not inaccurate. Uh, you know, we're we're big Jared fans here, but it is sort of a it is sort of a cartoon comical um, you know comparison of the two in terms of their attitudes. So, um, but I, I want to get to. Um, the player that we've been seeing a, lo- a number of interesting clips of and and someone who we really haven't seen healthy in years, and that is Evan then, White. What are the odds? So, you know, Brian asked some Evan White sightings, thoughts on his role. We also got from CRT underscore sports cards over and under on MLB at bats for Evan White this year. Um, what... What do we think? Is this is this legit? Are we are we? Uh, is it reasonable? I mean, obviously, we know we can't say like, oh yeah, he's he's totally good now. But just like you know, does the makeup of the roster and the injury already to Tramel, the fact that they've not made any other additions, do we think there is maybe more angling towards an Evan White role now uh, than maybe we would have thought at the start of the winter? I think, yes, I think that he's it's very well understood. He's not going to get a spot out of like in all likelihood. The odds are against him for that. There isn't a spot for him to play on day one, but he looks really good. The team has talked about how good he looks, how, you know, he's healthier than he's been in three years, even though, yeah, it is a big consideration that he's barely played baseball at all meaningfully in three years. But he's if he's ready to go, he's on a major league contract. He's hitting the crap out of the ball of Emerson Hancock already. He looks good. I think we see him sooner than later, like much sooner. I don't know if it's April, but I think we're going to see Evan White on this team before the summer. What do you think, Kate? Um, I think that it's it's tricky because I, I disagree that there's not a role for him. I, I do think like they've left that DH spot open enough that like, it sounds like they really like Tommy LaStella and Tommy LaStella worked out at driveline and, you know, it has two functioning Achilles, which I hear is important for a baseball player. So I still like the idea of him having a really good camp. AJ Pollock, 
like, yeah, they signed him, but it would not. Um, I wouldn't say that he's like a lock or secure. To me, that felt like they just kind of made a lot of like, let's all throw this against the wall and see what sticks kind of see what shakes out in camp kind of uh, plays with that. So, like, there's that corner outfield, there's first base, there's DH. And I feel like we're going to see rotation among all of those spots. And they've already said they're not committing to an everyday DH. But the best projection that I see for Evan White to make this team, I don't think he'll make, I agree, I don't think he'll make it out of um, spring training because he just simply hasn't played enough. And even kind of coming down the stretch last year, he was... I mean, he had 93 at-bats, under 100 at-bats last year in AAA, which is, I mean, and they were, if I recall, I'm trying to pull up the splits, but they were, you know, some at the beginning and then the long injury layoff and the, yeah, okay. So he had like 23 at-bats in May, four in June, and then nothing until the dark time, the end of August. Yeah. It was legitimately a, a mystery happened to him last year too, because. They didn't put him on the injured list. He just disappeared from the roster for a couple of weeks at a time. Was... But here's what I'll say is like he did when he came back that first time in August, he did put together a pretty good stretch. He was really hitting the ball slash 288, 373, 7, 731. No, yeah, 731. He slugged 731 in August in those 52 at-bats, which obviously is like, smallest of sample sizes and it's august in the pcl and that's propped up by him hitting six home runs which is like all the home he, he hit seven all of last year and they were all in august um and one in september so like i think that he came on hot down the stretch i think that there's a very real possibility that if he's healthy he goes to triple a i think he has a good camp he goes to AAA. I think he performs well, and he either becomes a good trade piece or he becomes a very solid first base defensive uh, for times when we need to have Ty France off his feet, for times when Ty France has been hit by 10, 14 baseballs and needs, you know, a day off. And there's that flexibility in the DH spot to rotate him into. So, I think there's definitely a pathway for him if what he did in August was not just like a hot stretch, one hot stretch. And then, but I mean, I watched his at bats as much as I could when he was in Tacoma and I thought he was making better swing decisions, swing the, swing the bat better, like more easily, <laughs> maybe without pain, uh, which it turns out is helpful and just, yeah, like overall looking more confident, looking more like the Evan White we watched come up through the minors rather than the Evan White we saw struggle so much at the majors. I don't know. But, John, uh, Tacoma was your beat. So what do you think? It it, it really, I think, is all health-based because there's so he, – he's, he's missed so much time and consistency that it's, it's hard to get a – ton of clarity on like is this evan white you know did is is evan white able to improve on you know the things that he obviously struggled with in his first year um because his entire body on like multiple levels his sort of entire kinetic chain has betrayed him um so anytime i'm seeing evan white 
doing any baseball activity healthily, um, I, I am hopeful because the you know all of the characteristics that he has still I think talk you know project as a a capable big leader. He hits the ball hard. He has a history of making a good amount of contact, and you know in the minors not necessarily not at all in the majors, but. I think that, you know, the the ability to get the bat to the ball is still there for him. And he is an incredibly athletic uh, and capable player. So without Tramel there and with them working him in the outfield more, I think there is <clears throat> more to uh, more to consider that he could be a very useful bench player. And, and um, he just has to <laughs> hit and stay healthy. And that's both of those things have he has the capability to do and he has not been able to do. So I'm hoping for him because I think the upside of him on the team is more interesting than, you know, sorry to Cooper Hummel, but Cooper Hummel or Connor's know. gonna come after you. Well, or or even AJ Pollock, like you mentioned at the start, where it's like, you know, AJ Pollock is they, it's sort of a lot of the moves the Mariners made this winter are very much floor floor secures, not ceiling raisers. Um, you know, they're they are counting on dramatic strides internally to raise their ceiling, um, and it could work. But um, you know, one of those ceiling raisers could be Evan White. So um, I'm I'm intrigued to see. Um, Just would like him to be helpful like him to be healthy because i think a lot of people didn't watch i mean we watched evan white like almost nightly in modesto and in arkansas and like that's just i want that evan white that confident and capable player that i know is in there like don't progress through the minors in that way you don't have that successful of a college career and just like fizzle out like this, I think. So I, I still have a lot of hope for Evan White. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To the question of how many plate appearances this year, I think I look at it in a scale of two tiers. I think if he's healthy enough to be on the team, but he kind of can't get right and can't find his footing, you're looking at like 200 plate appearances maybe. And again, this is assuming health. Um, I think if he hits the ground running and looks good, like he's looked recently, I don't think it's out of the question that he hits 300 or 400 plate appearances and, and soaks up like a pretty decent chunk of that time. Cause I do agree with Kate. There is a role there. Uh, beating out Cooper Carmel and Tommy Lestella is not the most competitive thing in the world. So he could definitely do it. And when it comes to him and his future, he is going to be 27 this year, but he only has 306 plate appearances in the major leagues. Like this is, this is a dude who's functionally played half a season. So we have a lot yet to see from him, but I want to roll this into kind of like something that I've been thinking about. This is not a question we got, but the fundamental assumption I've made about the Mariner roster coming out of spring training is that it's going to have Sam Haggerty on it. And he's going to get outfield playing time and he's functionally going to be like the fourth outfielder. 
that was an assumption I had made even prior to Tremel being injured. So when Tremel went down, my thought was kind of like, I wasn't really convinced they were going to give him a roster spot at a spring training anyway. Um, how do you guys see that shaking out? And obviously Demo is going to be on the team. They gave him an extension, but their team carrying two bench spots with Haggerty kind of occupying that second spot. He's going to play the outfield to my assumption. So do you think that there's, do you think that there's room for another outfielder on the roster as it is right now? Or do you like if they kept Evan White, is he really going to play left field or is he mostly going to be DH? Well, apparently the Mariners lost their, or won. Sorry, it feels like a loss to me, but the Mariners won their ARB case against Teoscar Hernandez. So we might be looking for a new outfielder as soon as next year, uh, as arbitration tends to leave. I, he's he's either got to have a great year here where he feels like super loved or uh, they're going to have to pony up a big amount of money for him because what a, what a tough look to go battle over like, I don't, I mean, they were far apart in their asks, but know that just that feels like a rough way to get the the relationship started off yeah there's you know it certainly it can still happen um but you know there's been a lot of discussion around the league of like yeah arbitration you know like corbin burns from milwaukee kyle tucker in uh and then also we've gotten the um we've gotten bits from the astros book winning fixes everything which i have not read and i'm not sure if i could stomach to based on the snapshots we're seeing i mean i guess if i really if things don't go well this season i might read it i might hate read it and just like really dig down into my like okay the astros might be beating us in the division but they're morally (laughs) they're a morally corrupt organization and uh (laughs) i would rather lose than win the way that they've won uh, which has so far been reinforced by everything i've seen from the book which i'm sure is you know pretty cherry picked but still uh but yeah one of the things was they quote unquote destroyed castro which i was reading the quote out of context and i was like well yeah i mean the whole cuba thing like that's weird that the astros were involved then realized it was actually jason castro they were talking about not fidel um maybe maybe the rona had gotten to me sooner than i thought I think, I think we're I think we are post we're doing a retrospective on Kate's Rona journey and the brain fog yeah. just getting it, getting up in there. Just think of it, the brain. I mean, I don't know. You know, you you spend enough time, uh, but yeah, I guess in 2016 he went to uh, arbitration against the Astros and the Astros won. But, oh man, and now I can't find. Cannot find uh, a segment from the book. I think we put it in the LL Slack a while ago. But yeah, it was just it was just a kind of window into. And I don't think the Mariners. God, I hope the Mariners don't have this same mindset. It is adversarial, and it's basically the team goes in and says, "This is why you actually suck." And they pull up all this data to support what the and they're like, "This is, you know." I think what the Astros said they argued about Castro was like he's it, he's about to enter an era of precipitous decline or something and and the player hears that the player knows that that's what the team thinks and even that you can shake it off and be like oh it's just business it's just business but hopefully they would not be as ham-handed as the Astros but it's just there's no way to say we actually don't think you're as good as you think you are and have that come off positively. 
Right. And, you know, you have to try and separate that from your coaching staff and from the people who are actually trying to then the next day be out there and like, Hey, all right, we're going to work on this. Cause we think it'll make you better. You know, like is <laughs> hearing that from the same, you know, the same organization and sometimes even the same people is, is yeah. It's nasty. Separate management from labor. And, you know, there is, it gets tricky with service and it gets tricky because of specifically how Seattle has things set up as this triumvirate between DePoto Hollander service. Like, they're all three friends. They're all three close. They make a big unified front about how they're all on the same page. So that makes it difficult to separate service, who is kind of more on the labor side, um, DePoto and Hollander, who are more on the management side. I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know that this is a great way to go about. Certainly well, not and, an ideal to start and, to take and that's why, his career as a mariner. And that is why the Mariners, fortunately, have, you know, been one of the least frequent arbitration goers of, you know, of, uh, you know, as an organization throughout their whole history, right? You know, they're, they're like all but like four or five arbitration trips that they made occurred in the first like five years of their team's existence or something like they, they, you know, they don't do this much. It is a shame. And it also makes a little bit of sense of like, you know, you trade for a player mid mid off season. You don't have that familiarity necessarily. And Tay Oscar is probably going to be one of the best outfielders on the free agent market, maybe the best next year. Um, so it's, it is a, it's a tough spot, but you know, the, 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 the upshot definitely is if, He's good. It helps the Mariners in the short term and it helps the Mariners in the long term because either they can extend him or they can get a qualifying offer for him, uh, you know, or a comp pick for him. Um, and hopefully, hopefully uh, he is good and is connected here and, and can stick around because I think he's going to be a, a fun fit. Um, <clears throat> Evan, you were going to say something. And not to, uh, not to steal from the Astros book title, but winning does fix everything. And if they That's have true. a great season and they win, that washes out the bad taste of the arbitration pretty quickly. I think the context that I want to point out for people who haven't been following the ARB case that closely is, is really it's threefold. Number one is that the Mariners and Teoscar are billion apart was the negotiation is that correct i think it was like he yeah. are, they offered yeah. 14 something he offered 16 something that's a very small amount in terms of the, the way the mariners actually allocate money and to spend on him as a player especially if they wanted to extend him like they're, they're gonna pay that much if they wanted to extend him or to sign him next year in the first place so it feels it feels negligible when kate said that that's they're far apart that is a large amount to settle in arbitration arb cases generally are for like you offered four million and the player counted with like four point five. Two million is a large amount to go to arbitration over. It's not a large amount in terms of the way the, the budget is actually allocated. And I think the thing that's also factoring into this is that the Mariners did a little bit of this last year. They they traded for um, you know, a, a really high profile outfielder in Jesse Winker. They signed him to an extension covering the arb right away, and they feel like they kind of got burned by it. So maybe they didn't do that with Teoscar when it would have been a better idea in this case than in the latter case. But hindsight obviously is twenty twenty. So I'm sort of in favor of the Mariners not giving him an extension because he had kind of a strange year last year, uh, total value-wise, Teoscar Hernandez. And I am curious to see, as much as we've talked about this before, both you and I, John, we're optimistic his, op his offensive profile is going to translate well to T-Mobile Park and that he's going to have a good year here. 
but I still want to see it. And I don't hate the Mariners not extending him up front. But that said, then picking a fight with him over 2 million is kind of petty. So that's, that's the larger look at this and like why it's a little bit strange. And yeah, it is unfortunate. They're choosing to have get off on the wrong foot with a guy who could be really essential and could be a really good fit here. That's all I wanted to add to that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Sorry, I'm getting a phone call (laughs) on my home phone that I... (laughs) It's not a common experience. I'm thrown off. Um... I, yeah, I think especially with Teoscar, you're you're not looking at you know he's in his final year already, so there's not really you know he has much more leverage in terms of his any any future years you're getting are years he could you know be getting free agent money from. So um, yeah, I, I think it could it could very well be a mid season circumstance, especially if you know he's he's fitting and and liking it and whatnot, but. Um, we're yeah, gonna. If it looks really good. They can offer him a. We're sorry, we didn't do this sooner. Contract, and that'd yeah. be okay. Yeah, you can. You can always fix it. It just, you know, you have to be willing to pay, and it has to make sense. Um, can we talk about uh, Pakoda real quickly, and then I, we want. I want to talk about hair because uh, there's some hair, uh, or I guess I want to talk about the hair, and I want to talk about. Um, a couple new pitches that we've heard about. Um, so the Pakoda projections um, have the Mariners as a um, 81, well, d- roughly put them down for 81.7 wins, 80.3 losses. So a little, you know, a share, a shade over 500, uh, basically a, a perfectly average team. Um, that is a little bit less impressive than the, uh, projections that they get from fan graphs, which is, um, that they are closer to an 85 win team. Um, and I wanted to sort of look through, uh, I don't, I don't know if either of you have them pulled up at the moment, but, um, I, Wanted to note, you know, sort of where some of those gaps are coming from um, and and where, you know, some of the differences in perspective are, because I think it's it's not necessarily that dramatic of a thing. And I think it is it it says it says something about how the Mariners are constructed this year, which is a bit of a different way than we're used to seeing this team. Um, And that is. At just about every position, the Mariners are basically within, you know, basically have an average player uh, by Pakoda. They have, you know, players between one and a half to two and a half wins at essentially every spot. Uh, and then they have Julio as a three, 3.3 warp player. Um, and that's fine. 
Um, and the rotation, again, Luis Castillo looks very good by their projections. And then the rest of the rotation, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, at least, um, they see as sl- average to slightly below average. Um, and then Marco Gonzalez and Chris Flexen as, uh, as well, well below average. So that is really where the Mariners are you know, losing, losing sort of some of that projection. Um, and, you know, the bullpens look good, you know, look good by any metric. Um, the sort of floor is pretty high on this just because they have a lot of stability and a lot of depth, but it's not, it, it is, it is a question and a, a doubt of the upside uh, that the proje- projections are seeing here. Um so I, I guess, do you are there any players in particular that you um, that you see here that you think are likely to outperform that 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 might or you know are you do you share the concerns that this team as it is currently constructed is more average than we might have hoped they'd be? Close as Pakoda, usually. Uh, I believe typically it is the most. It has been the most accurate of the of the yeah, big ones. That's what I think. Except there's like one team that it's. Uh, remember? Do you know what I'm talking I about? I think it's the Cardinals. I, yeah, I believe it is the, the Cardinals, Cardinals specifically. The Cardinals specifically. So, do we think the Mariners can be like the kind of the Mariners would love to be fifteen the Cardinals? Cardinals. Um, yeah, I don't. I think it seems low to me, but I'm looking through and trying to figure out why it's low i mean 1.5 warp for logan gilbert with a era minus of 101 i just i think i i see why projection systems don't love logan gilbert his stuff is looks more hittable than it should and i i don't think he's evolved into his final form yet but i feel like projection systems are consistently low on him they're consistently low on Kirby, who I think is going to be one of the top 15 pitchers in baseball, maybe top 10 next year. Uh, I think they consistently underestimate Castillo. I think we'll settle into like a real ace role now that he's got something to play for. Sorry, Reds and Reds fans. Yeah, I don't know. that I... I what I've felt like is consistently, I feel like the rotation is underestimated, which I think is not just one of the better ones in the American League, but might be better in the division as far as um, like Framber Valdez is great and he gets a ton of ground balls, but I would rather have Luis, Luis Castillo than Framber Valdez. I think if I was going to be really succinct about what I see, I see it not believing in our young players who had good seasons last year. And projection systems are skeptical when there are short track records. And for guys like Cal, who was way better than that last year, and Kirby and Gilbert, I mean, it's possible they just don't see a long enough track record to buy that. So does Cal projected for the same amount of warp as J.P. Crawford? And I just don't think so. That's so. saying this says all of our young players popped last year will be worse or at, at best the same, but it projects worse for all of them. Essentially. I don't buy that on the whole. I think even just like logically speaking, 
you'd assume that half of the guys will be the same and half of them will have some kind of changes. Like yeah. it's it's a dumb coin flip, but like a good rule of thumb is that half the stuff is going to go right and half the stuff is going to be way off. We had two big prospects playing last year in Jared and Julio, and one of them was the rookie of the year and the other guy was demoted and hardly played. Like, this is just how it goes. I mean, specifically with Cal, I feel like uh, his poor average, he just could not come out of that hole that he was in with the the bad start to the season. No matter how well he hit down the stretch, his overall average was dragged down by that, um, that poor start. And so Picota has him hitting 215, and Cal Raleigh is not a 215 hitter. Like, I know he's potentially three true outcomes. I know he will strike out, but he's a, he is a much, I think he's more of a 240, 250 hitter than 215. That feels insulting. Tom Murphy is projected for, hit sub 200 i don't think he's gonna do that like these are yeah i think part of it is just not accurately capturing so now i'm interested is there any similarity why did pakoda hate the cardinals so much and is there any similarity between this is maybe more of an article topic than a podcast topic because it's gonna take some digging into but like are, are there any similarities between that team when Pakota consistently underestimated it and these 2022 Seattle Mariners? I think um, it's a challenge uh, in part because the Mariners are trying to go with a sort of breadth and depth response as opposed to a, you know, any clear strong stars beyond Julio. Um, I I, I have seen already some discussion about Julio's projection specifically only because, you know, projecting him to be a three and a half win player is very solid, but like low, he, I mean, very it, low. I think it's quite low. And I think it's, it's a little, I will say it is a little confusing, especially because he was projected for more prior to last year. And then he was really, really good last year. And now he is projected for less. I don't and I don't understand that, especially because it wasn't like he started off strong because pitchers didn't know how to pitch to him and then felt bad. Like he got better as the season goes on. Is there anything progressive baked into Picota that would like, I guess this would be slicing the ham way too thin. There's no way they could do this. Right. But like, you know, with a player like Julio, with a player like Cal, you want to look at them getting better over the course of time, which I think is more valuable than taking the aggregate of what they did over a year and and using that as a basis to project. I don't know. I hate projection systems. I don't understand them. This is where I actually think it's kind of fascinating because the Julio case, the projection systems loving him so much with just the double A data actually makes total sense because projection systems have no idea what to do with double A data. And they saw him being the best player in double A at 19 years old and was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, a ridiculous number of wins that he is technically capable of, but was unlikely to just arrive in the majors and achieve. And he was worth five wins last year, right? Like he was incredible. So he did live up to just about as much of that as he could. But now the projection system is pessimistic because it's saying, oh, we well, only got you're only in like 130 games last year. And so projecting you forward, we're reducing the number of at-bats and we're, we're taking you down from what those 19-year-old batting 400 and double-A numbers were 
this we're looking at the limitations of projections and how they understand player development because projections work really well for players with longer track records. The more you play, the better it understands you and the more it can say, okay, your range of outcomes is within this band. It doesn't know what to do with Julio at this stage. It doesn't know what to do with George Kirby. It has no idea what to do with Cal, who's had a Jekyll and Hyde act in the major leagues. Like it actually, it makes total sense, but this is spring training, baby. Hope springs eternal optimism right here. I think this is all horse. The Mariners are not an 81, 82 in team. That's, that's like nonsense to me. I think their floor is more like 85 and maybe better than that. You heard it here first. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. I wouldn't necessarily go there because I think there is a very... it's it's a, There's a reasonably straightforward way in which this team uh, struggles quite a bit, um, especially, you know, if you... It, 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 Essentially, I think it, it would come from the bottom of the lineup having the same issues that it had last year um, and any real injuries to the major players in the, you know, at the at the top of it or, you know, just because there's not, there's only, there's only Julio who is going to like individually carry the roster, I think, right now. And you don't have, you know, like when the Yankees were a shambling mess for like the entire second half of the year, they were held up because, yeah, this is a mess. But Aaron Judge genuinely is able to carry them for, you know, at least a couple games a week into winning. Um, you know, they're, the, the, the depth and breadth approach can be really, really valuable because you can get solid production each night from different people. Um, but it, there is a risk. There is a risk that, you know, if you if that depth starts getting poked away at, um, you know, that you just don't have enough impact play uh, to, to hold up. I think so. specifically like what Picota doesn't seem to like about the Mariners. Um, like you said, like depth, depth and breadth is hard to measure. Young players are hard to measure. Um, uh, Pepperidge Farm remembers, Pakoda remembers when the Mariners couldn't hit their way out of a wet paper bag, which I always have to check myself and remember like how bad they looked at times last year. And they were, uh, don't strike out a ton, but they also were not hitting like just a terrible low batting average. And there's no one in this lineup who Pakoda projects to hit above. 266 and that's Thai France and other than that it's a lot of like Eugenio hitting 217 which feels so low obviously Jared's down there in the 200s I, I mean pretty much every Sam Haggerty 213 everybody is around that like 220 I would say the average looks like it's probably 220 or even lower um which, you know, if you're not hit it, like that's a very tricky, risky 
Yeah, you have. If you have Aaron Judge, then he's gonna hit a bomb and lift, drag your sorry butts to a win once in a while. But if consistently you have guys who can't get on base in front of that, then yeah, you've you've got a bad team. Like this would not be an acceptable average for the team. And if this is what they do all season long, we are in trouble. But um, I don't know. It last year's team was difficult to. If if this Again, I have to look up more about how these projection systems work. But if a lot of what they did last year is baked into this, and I'm not surprised because there were times. I mean, in June, I thought this team was out of it prior to the Angels fight. They were. They were awful. <laughs> they, they were, yeah, they were very unwatchable baseball there for a while. And I think like that glow of the end of the season helps us forget that. Like, I think that this is a worst case scenario. Uh, this is every guy like either achieving the bare minimum or underachieving what I think their floors are. But at the same time, it just doesn't it doesn't feel realistic to me that everybody I'll be excited to look back on this and see see how close it is. Since I do, I mean, I respect Picota. I think like it is one of the better projection systems out there. Uh, I'm troubled by this information as somebody who is going to write a lot about the 2023 Mariners um but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out hope that this is a mid 2010s 2015s like how do we talk about the middle of the 2010s it's weird we don't we don't talk 15 16 17 Cardinals so I'll, I'll I'll hold my hand I'll hold my hope high um I am very, very curious because I think you mentioned earlier Kirby and uh, you know him in particular being someone who I think can outperform this. But um, I, I do just think the the pitching staff here um, is is going to hopefully I think dramatically uh, take a stride forward. Where you know yes they were a strength for the Mariners to some degree last year, but also that was aided by their park you know, significantly. And so, you know, there's sort of a lot of consistent, uh, you know, the Mariners have technically a good offense, but their like overall numbers look bad because they play in such a hard, such an extreme pitcher's park. And likewise, their pitching numbers look really good, but that's a little out of whack. I think the pitching could be genuinely really, really good this year. So, um, so I'm excited to see that, and and I do think the Mariners are are better than I think there is a good chance the Mariners are better than this, um, especially because I I think I see more from Julio and Kirby and Cal. Um, let's talk about mystery pitches because the, the mystery we had a brief bit of mystery. Uh, earlier this week when Robbie Ray hinted that he had a new pitch he was working on, um, and then that uh, so did Logan Gilbert, and, uh, you know, that he wasn't yet ready to reveal it. And then uh, in, in classic form, Jerry DePoto could not <laughs> keep his, you know, his mouth shut and was like, oh, yeah, they're working on splitters. Uh, so... We uh, we've now got both Robbie Ray and Logan Gilbert working on splitters, uh, which sound like they're still in development somewhat. But we might see them broken out during the year a bit. Um, 
how uh, how do you, how do y'all feel about some new pitches for for Robbie Ray and Logan Gilbert here? Sure, right? Why not? <laughs> I think it doesn't change my expectation for them at all in terms of the ultimate outcome and the value of their performance. I figured they were going to be good before. I figure they're going to be good now. If it's an additional wrinkle in Logan's case, in particular, it helps him get out righties. Like I'm all for that. But we saw we saw them both tinker a little bit last year to not I don't know if mixed results is fair, but like inconsistent results. There was a there was a lot of tinkering and in a lot of like games where they did a particular pitch mix and then didn't persist that going forward. And so I don't have a good gauge for for what a new pitch's effectiveness on their overall repertoire would be if it was consistently deployed, because that isn't really what happened. But intrigued right sure like i said wh- why not I, I, I if nothing else it's it's interesting and it's a good spring training storyline that they're continuing to be on the forefront of developing their pitchers even the really established major league guys that's that's inarguably a good thing yeah i think especially for robbie ray right. who struggled a lot with um you know or, or i you know has had success Slider go burr robbie ray Slider go burr, Robbie Ray, and fastball go burr, Robbie yeah. Ray, but fastball does not go as burr when yeah. it's, you know, a full mile per hour slower than... Fastball goes uh, chatter? It was, it was a previous... Yeah. John, yeah. you famously described his pitching style as brutalist, and that's really stuck with me. <laughs> it is, it is, it's challenging. It, 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 it goes, uh, you know, really hard against your sensibilities. Um, and yeah, like you know, it. he... I do not care for... I do not yeah. I do not like it, Sam. I am. I would love he, to see Ray get a little another tool in the arsenal. I think a splitter could really play well with since he pounds the bottom of the zone to begin with. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Um, feels well, like it would play well. No, I, are you going to tell me I, why I'm wrong, John? I will sit, I'll sit back and listen. Well, I just I his his best his greatest stretches of success right have been elevating the fastball where it's never you know essentially in 2021 he basically never threw his four seamer below like the belt it was only ever at the top of the zone and then the slider was low and that was pretty much it and then when he introduced the sort of sinker two seamer again then he had another option to actually go low. Um, and last year, I think it it was pretty stark and in, and in line with the rest of his career, where he was absolutely dominant against lefties or against left-handed hitters, yeah. And you know, it was pretty mediocre against righties. And you're just going to face a lot of righties if you are a, a left-handed pitcher. So you need something like a splitter or like a changeup, typically, that moves away from those opposite-handed hitters. Uh, or your shit needs to be so good that it doesn't matter. And, you know, in 2021, Robbie Ray's shit was so good it didn't matter. This year, uh, he's not 
or this past year he was he was not and so i i think it's a good move um for gilbert you know he's been working on the changeup for forever if this works a little better for him great you know he has such length and extension i think it would be very interesting for him to try and incorporate more of that sort of more more pitches that have a like sinking action because he's so tall and he gets such uh, you know, he can get such a strong downward plane. It actually might be more effective for him uh, to have a, a sinker-based profile than a, than a four-seam-based one. Um, so if the splitter starts moving, I, I, could, I could be uh, maybe, it could be maybe an intro into more pitches that sink. As for Logan Gilbert, I wish he would stop. I, I'm not thrilled about the idea of him adding another pitch because it's like, he's already got, you've already got this slider which you've messed with the grips on like a bunch of times the fastball the change up which is not exactly where it needs to be you've got uh the curveball which has not been featured as heavily but i think is like still a real potential weapon so like maybe he's gonna hybridize the curveball into a splitter somehow i don't know but let's just like, how many pitches you don't need more pitches logan like Fix the ones that you already have. Optimize the ones that you have. He overwhelmingly is a two-pitch pitcher, too. He's like a 2.5-pitch pitcher. He only throws the change or the curve 20% of the time. It's fastball 80% of the time, fastball slider. Fastball so it's slider. Like... I mean, I love anything that gets him off his fastball, for sure, um, because that has... He's just leaned on it too heavily, I think, and batters know to watch for it. And he gets himself sometimes into trouble counts where he's forced to throw the fastball and then make a mistake with the fastball location and goes over the head. So, um, I, I think we would all like him to throw the fastball less, but we'd like to see him choose to do so instead of just make a new pitch, right? Like, we think he could get better results just with a different alchemy of what he's already got. I, I think that's partially true, but his his... His slider is good, and he's, he's continued improving that. I do think he does need either to improve the changeup or Grab pull it. in maybe the you know maybe this. Well, it doesn't even need to be scrapped. Like it's got really good, um, you know, velocity separation. It just it it is not competitive enough consistently, and so if this makes it, um, you know, if this if this makes it a little bit easier for him to locate something of that, you know. Uh, of that style, then that is great to see. All right, I think it. I think we've gotten to uh, the the close the home stretch here, which is to say, uh, as Eric Sanford would say, we can talk about some lettuce. Uh, well, that's what that means. <laughs> I didn't make that connection. That's great. <laughs> um. So thank you, by the way, to Zach P at the Soiree. Oh, can we do one? 55, what, one more. One. Um, one real who, quick one. One real quick one. Uh, well, yes, I just wanted to shout out Zach for the Robbie uh, for the splitter question. question. Uh, can't believe I made it through the entire winter without new Julio highlights. Obviously, did you not see him in, as Chef J Rod? I mean, that was oh my god, oh, yes, come on. yes, come on, that was great. Oh, fair. No, very uh, good it, point. I feel like, if anything, it's been a winter of watching Julio kind of lean into superstardom a little bit, which has been, yeah, kind of dizzying, honestly. Yeah, um. What aspect of his game do you think will be the most improved in 2023? I think his outfield reads. Yeah, I think he's he's 
still kind of new-ish to Ink Center. Spent so much time playing in a corner while had Jared in center. I think, like, even more reps, even more time with Ichiro will, uh, will help him. I think Ichiro is going to give Julio, like, a couple little key pieces of advice that help him get better reads on ball. Because that was the biggest flaw I saw in his outfield defense, honestly, is, like, what, once in a while he'd misread a ball. And I think just repetition of playing in Safeco or T-Mobile every day, um, Getting used to what that outfield feels like, and then just having some time in all these different outfields. Although now that they play the balanced schedule, he's gonna have to get to know even more parks. Um, but just that that exposure is gonna help him, and and he'll he'll improve there. That's my prediction. I would like to see a more consistent and measured approach to stealing bases as well, because last year we saw him steal every base in April. And then not again, mostly all year. Um, and part of that was because he jammed his wrist uh, during you know, the All Star festivities, and they told them to peel back. It was but right I before, really, and then it was right before. Yeah, but I, I really would like to see what the speed looks like with a with a better approach because it was last year. It was a rookie year. It was weirdness. It's water under the bridge. But I do. I'm really interested to see what a season of those legs looks like when he's got it down. Well, I think he's going to hit for more power. So we got a nice, we got a nice medley there. Um, I'm, I'm curious because I think as he is now a little more comfortable, um, you know, that he can, he can really start to unleash and um, terrorize pitchers. I think that's something we're going to get to see from him. Um, I think he will go 30, 30 this year. Um, I think he could go 40, 30. And uh, I'm pretty pretty jazzed about it. So, um, yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. And yes, oh my goodness, please go watch the Tops commercial that appears to be a series of commercials. Right? That they've got, they're going to have uh, there may be more like versions of like the J Rod show. They did a they did a for anyone who hasn't seen it, they did a. Um, Essentially, like a cooking show, fake cooking, you know, old, you know, old cooking show with Julio coming out there making the packs, and it is great. It is the type of stuff that you know, it 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 is very much like Mariners ads kind of type thing. So, you know, class classic Mariners ad. Type oh, you mean those right. things we don't get anymore? Yeah, it's so weird that that still actually rules and is very compelling and makes and means that I know about a baseball card. Ooh, uh, we did. Which, we did know, I know. A, I know lots of people love baseball cards. We did get I, a question from Jace. You told me how to say his last name, their last name, and I forgot it. Bean. Bean? Bean? Jace, please let us know how to say it properly again. Uh, it seems it seems like they slashed the commercials for the foreseeable future. What are the LL Cruz pitches for the theoretical commercials for the 2023 Mariners team? Uh, Cal Raleigh driving a dump truck, right? Cal Raleigh driving a dump truck. Ooh, that's good. Like, that's good. Get get Cal Raleigh doing essentially just a note for note recreation of the mulches here uh, video. Uh, oh, yeah, and... mulches here. Yeah. Uh, listen, I appreciate that you did not scream it at its proper volume, but there's no way in which that's that you could not have more strongly undersold. Mulch is here, <laughs> dumpers here. <laughs> Evan, please isolate that audio of 
<laughs> oh, we'll definitely cut that. Send it, sure. send it to me. <laughs> Uh, I would like to see a commercial where they had Cal like do bag lunches for the pitcher or something like that. Oh that my God, Cal making because we also did get a question about uh, if whether they're still roommates. Whether, yes, uh, um, and if that's where the magic comes from. That's Bradley Strong. Yes, yeah, Brad is Brad. Brad. Uh, yeah, if there was like a, uh, I I would love to see like yeah Cal in the morning like making all the pitchers lunches, lining up the little bags on the on the counter putting a little note into each into each bag reminding Robbie Ray to put his shoes on reminding, reminding Matt Brash not to shake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh yeah I think there's there could be I, I I can't fully think about it but I think there could be some very good just like Every time you, you know, like some, some Midas touch type thing with, uh, you know, with JP Crawford and Colton Wong, gold, just like every gloving it. Yeah. yeah. Turning it. Yeah. Gold, gold glove and things. Oh, I love that. I yeah. Love it. Like, you know, they every, like they, then they're using like a golden spoon to like eat, you know, eat. They use a golden, you know, oh, like and Perry Hill comes in and Perry mm -hmm. Hill, all gold, like C3PO. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We're just exactly. here. We're just, but we have done more work in like two minutes than I feel like. Yeah, 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 these yeah. are some good ideas. I, we just brilliance here. A Eugenio Suarez popping up everywhere and being like, "Good vibes." Do 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 do. Good vibes. Do 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 do. Good vibes. Like just popping up in the background of everybody's day, and like maybe it's black and white, and then it turns. You know, full color Dorothy and Oz kind of when he pops up and says good vibes. I recognize we already have a Julio as the chef one, but I like the idea of like, uh, like Eugenio coming in like the, um, you know, that scene in the bear where they're like clipping back to uh, where he's like in the super fancy restaurant and like the guy's just whispering in his ear about like all this like horrible stuff while he makes oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. so dark so, john don't do not do our i do but and you're doing that but like it's someone just like making something it's like the vibes need to be immaculate you need to you know, oh, no. <laughs> then, like you know, approve approving the vibes oh. on each thing like just like walking around very imperiously throughout like checking the vibes oh, on about, each on each dish how about a julio like no fly zone where he just pops up like the dikambe matumbo like blocking <laughs> yeah. ad Oh yeah, the, he just like no, knocks no, no. stuff down. Like, yeah. he's trying to throw a rock through a window, and he pops. Not today. There's so AJ Pollock just standing in. I think it's Copacino and I forget what their ad uh, company is called. But anyway, call us. Have ideas. Uh, AJ Pollock just standing in Pike Place Market, right next to the place where they throw the fish, refusing to make eye contact with the people that want to throw him the fish, just absolutely denying the 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 cliche. Just like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm actually just here to get some flowers, um, you know, and and I, I, I like the honey sticks, um, you know, just very demure again. <laughs> Was there, is there a fish joke? Is, I don't know. I, I'm oh, not then, interested. I'm sure, I'm sure we could bring it back to trout somehow. Um, yeah. Um, all right. I wanted to 
quickly note, thank you, that um, the Julio question was Zach Gabal or Zach Gabali. Could be any number of pronunciations there, and I apologize if we Jabal. weren't close. Zach Gabal. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, let's close out here. Hairstyle thoughts. Brittany Bush Bolet. I know why Brittany asked this question, and it is because of Tom Murphy, with his, who is sporting... Oh man! Look, that uh, could be very cool, and could also be kind of stormtroopery. <laughs> Wait, I haven't seen it. You, you guys should link me. We can do a live reaction right now. Somebody link me to this. Because I, I thought this was all the discussion about Robbie Ray's quaff. Listen, hair, it's about there's there's Robbie Ray and Eugenio What's Suarez. What's Robbie Ray got going on? Yeah, a Kenny uh, Kenny Powers mullet. Yeah. vibes. Mullet. mullet plus. He's appropriate. Uh, Robbie Ray's from Tennessee, right? I think he like is legally allowed yeah. to do that. So. Uh, I think if you're from Tennessee, yeah, you, he's, he's, he's got a permit for yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Eugenio, Eugenio Suarez, I'm not sure. Uh, Kate, are you looking for the Tom Murphy? I'm not. Photo? I mean, I have it seared into my brain. So, uh, okay. and I heard you keyboard catting away there. So, I was. I would I was... a handlebar stash. I could see Tom having a pretty wicked stash. Oh, there's no. It's... no. No, the potentially troubling look. I will also say I love Eugenio Suarez just kind of growing it out a little bit enough that he can kind of ponytail. Yeah, that that feels very. It's a luscious head of hair. It looks good. Uh, oh yeah, there's there's the Tom Murphy. Uh, oh, I did see this look. No, it's very uh, it's it's super it's high very useful side. with him. He's going and... after the Abe Toro kind of like. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he's pulling it off as well. Uh, I just feel like kind of on a, on a white dude, it looks a little different. And I, like, I understand. I think this is slightly fashion. It's it's a it's got it's he's got a, a it's got a challenge. I will say he's also he's I think aspiring to like John Ham had this hairstyle oh, for a while. What he did? What? No. What? Also what? Yeah. 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 Um. And uh, I don't think I saw John Hamm swinging a baseball bat while wearing it, so I can't fully, you know, fully cross compare. But uh, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's a solid look. I, I think you know, it just it's about how you carry it, you know. About how <laughs> you carry it uh, for sure. Oh yeah, okay, all right, I see it. Um, um I, he definitely does have that chaotic energy. That's for sure. <laughs> listen, this we'll this say. is the man. Look the original eyes. We talked a hairline, no favors. It's a lot of forehead. So yeah, that's that's a that's a six that's and a half. Problem head, with the high, sure. yeah. That's the problem with the high shaved like mushroom top. Also, are we really wanting to reference mushrooms right now? I just feel like uh, they're when I Listen, see them. It all comes back to the. <laughs> it all comes back it, to the last. You don't of know us. how you've really been marinating me. on this last of us. You don't know how it haunts it's me. It's in your head. I mean, just, mostly just because are you sure it's just COVID. It has re it has reinforced an old belief of mine that like I would not be a fighter. I would absolutely just surrender immediately. Go ahead. I'm not not built for the post apocalyptic life. Every time I see them, I'm like, when do you shower? Those beds look so uncomfortable. I just I do not think I have the mental toughness, the grit. To, uh, to survive an end of days thing, I would. Well, you're gonna be a mushroom. Yeah, so I would it's not gonna I would be, be a issue, mushroom so right? quickly. I would. I would go so gently into that good night. Just be like, thanks for the memories, <laughs> everybody. Peace out. Um, 
Well, I am sad to know that you will uh, soon be joining the uh, the the big mushroom connection uh, connective. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, like the mycelium. Yeah. Um, but thank you thank you to everyone for listening um thank you uh kate for powering through and evan for uh making time here to chat um next week is the finale that's true and then i don't think anything will actually change for anyone who's listening but nope We'll have a new name. We'll have a new name. For yeah, please, uh, please um, do help us out with those with those ideas because I'll try to think of some. We'll see what my COVID-addled brain can come up with. We got some. We got some ideas. We got some ideas. We've got some in the fire. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but only some of them are, uh, you know, mushroom zombie self <laughs> irons. Um, all right. Well, we. We'll talk to you about uh, ever ever closer actual baseball next Next time. Friday. Next Friday, first spring mm-hmm. training game. Finish up our 40 series this week. I mean, baseball is yes. imminent. Baseball is upon us. Soon mm-hmm. it will be sunny and things will be nice again. But it's going to snow next week, so that's coming yeah. first. When was yeah, the yeah. last time it snowed in February? It's been a long time. Anyways, it's like literally. <laughs>